listening to the No Life Skills Podcast with your host, Ashlyn. My advice for other sex workers, don't do what I did. Giving you an inside look at the fascinating world of sex work. Yeah, a little bit awkward, but uh, informational, I guess. Connect with other professionals and allies of the industry. I was like, wow, this is easy money. Now, join the conversation while we share inspiring stories on the No Life Skills Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of No Life Skills. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ashlyn. This week, my friend, who is a porn star, a peeler pounder, which apparently is a guy who fucks strippers. He's also a male escort. He's a photographer. He's a videographer. He even worked at Walmart. My friend Big Ed York was joining me and we shoot the shit, talk about a lot of cool stuff. He used to manage a strip club. Man, this guy's done it all. It's a super interesting episode. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to it. And like always, the sponsor for this week is me, myself. I can't get a sponsor to save my life. I can't even get a review to save my life. So, you know, please help me out any way that you can. If you are interested in finding me on OnlyFans, it's moreashland.com. You can also follow me on Twitter where I'm still shadow banned. So help me out too. That's at Adore Ashlyn or my podcast Twitter at No Life Skill. This week, I did not get any questions for the advice with Ashlyn segment. So next week, if you have any questions, anything you want me to talk about at the end of the episode, make sure to email me, text me, tweet at me, message me on Twitter, anything. Let me know, give me a topic, and I will speak about it. And on that note, let's get into the episode. Thanks for listening. All right. So I'm here with my friend Edmund York. He really does it all. He has managed a strip club. He's been a male escort. He does pornos. He's on OnlyFans. And most importantly, he's worked at Walmart. He went he, and got a job at Walmart just to get a vest and a badge for me that says Ashlyn Tent Hooker. So, Ed, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us what you do. Well, hey, I'm Ed York. I'm an online content producer and uh, I guess all around professional pervert. Uh, like many of us in the sex work industry are. Kind of just fell into it, uh, was making content for a couple of my friends who were online doing their thing, like cam girls, stuff like that. Then OnlyFans came along. ManyVids was the big platform a few girls were using before OnlyFans kind of blew up. ManyVids is still a really good platform that girls do use. But OnlyFans really blew up everything for me, especially like... All the dancers that I knew, when they found out about OnlyFans, the few that I showed it to at the beginning, like they that took the ball and ran with it, like they're doing amazing with their online stuff. The ones who were kind of hesitant, well, they all jumped in as soon as COVID hit, right? Because, you know, all the strip clubs across the country were closed. So what are they going to do? Supplement their income, right? Get online. Start selling to your customers. So I want to take us back. So how long have you been in the adult industry? Like, how, when did this all start? I want to know how it started. <laughs> it started being a DJ at the strip club. I wasn't a strip club guy. I barely ever went to strip clubs. But, like, I knew someone who worked at a strip club and an opening for a DJ spot opened up. And he was like, hey, you're pretty good with talking on a microphone. You DJed at other bars. Why don't you come in here? And DJing at a strip club isn't even like DJing in the cl- like traditional sense. It's more of emceeing. It's like being a radio host in a way because you're selling all day, all night. Like, oh, we got shooter specials. Uh, what we got? We got the UFC on Saturday. Oh, give it up for so and so coming up to the stage next, and uh, hit her up for dances in the v- from the VIP room after. That's right. Like, get this stripper on your zipper. You know all the like little things that I used to say into the microphone to like get people interested, and like dumb contests, having to get up on stage and get customers like that are there in their stag do something to embarrass the shit out of them. Uh, you know, make them give their friend a lap dance or something. It was always a fun one. And how long ago did you start working at the clubs? Like almost 10 years ago now. So it's been a a fun time. Graduated from being a DJ to a manager and kind of fell into the other side of the sex trade industry through my escort friends, like 
Ashlyn and a couple other girls who were, would come into the clubs with their customers as well. So That wasn't me. <laughs> we met through a mutual friend. Well, yeah, but uh, that, I'm just saying people yeah. that are in the same industry as you that I've met through mutual friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And also like, yeah, some of you girls would bring your customers into the club. And it always pissed me off when like some of the dancers think that there's a, like a a hierarchy, as I like to call oh, it. Oh, yes. Some strippers think that they're better than escorts because they don't fuck for money. It's like, no, you're selling a fantasy either way. It's just you do it different ways. And, you know, one girl, she's fucking putting in a lot less effort than you have to being a dancer because dancers are spending thousands of dollars on their outfits. Like, people don't realize how expensive a stage costume for a stripper is. And then how much do strippers on average pay to work at the club? Because I know they pay. Does So what's that like? Well, the pay structures are different uh, depending what they do and, in, like, club to club, territory to territory. So in Alberta, we have our stage dancers and our freelancers. Now, the stage dancers get paid a show fee for every show that they get to do on stage. They get... What if it's like 55 bucks to up? Some girls get paid up to a hundred bucks a show. Okay. So I thought that when the strippers are on stage, they pay to be on stage. So is that not how it works? They get, the strippers get paid by the club to be on stage. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. In Alberta, that's how it works. Places like Atlanta, uh, you pay a house fee. Yeah, yeah. And then that would be what you, you make everything else after that. The house fee could be anywhere from 50 to $300, depending on the club. But in Alberta, if you're a stage dancer, you are getting a schedule like that you have to adhere to. You know, you got to be here for your show at 3.30 on a Friday afternoon. I don't care if you think no one's going to be here. You have to be here. It's on your contract. And how often do girls not show up? Because in my experience, hookers are very flaky. So are strippers just as flaky? It depends. There's a few different personalities of the stripper world that are kind of the, you know, atypical archetypes of personalities. You have the party girls, the girls that are there to have a good time and make some money and do what they want. You have a lot of business minded girls though now, which like the industry's changed a lot in that way that you'll have these girls that they are going through college. They're paying for their tuition or, you know, whatever other living expenses because they only have to work Friday and Saturday night and they have a regular clientele of, you know, whether they met them on seeking arrangements or whatever, get them to come into the club, buy them out for an hour for 450 bucks, right? They pay the club their fees off the dances uh, and then they make the rest. So it is lucrative for some girls. And then after they've gone to school, some of them are like, well, I don't want to work for anybody else. I want to start my own business. So they'll stay dancing and get that investment nest egg into whatever it may be. Some of the girls I know have opened up businesses like a Medi Spa. Do you think in your experience is stripping more lucrative than escorting? Because I know so many escorts that that's all they've done and they don't, not that they don't have aspirations, but it, they never seem to take it to the next level and actually get serious about saving to start their own business. It's, I mean, for the investment of time, for dancing, it's probably going to be a bigger investment Mm -hmm. because you're going to go to your pole dancing lessons. You're going to be getting your hair and makeup done for photo shoots, for your costumes, for your promo that you, which is where you make your extra money on stage in Alberta. Like, which is another rare thing in our world. Alberta is the only place in the world that you are ever allowed to throw coins at a stripper. And what do you think about that? Because, yeah, I think that's so strange. Do you know where that rule came from? Like, no. Do you know where that... Okay, so how it happened was it's the part of the Alberta Decency Act that was introduced in the 80s because some MLA, an elected official, a provincial official, got caught stuffing $2 bills down a stripper's panties by his wife. So... She made him introduce this decency bill that there has to be a three-foot barrier at all times between the dancer and the patron. So when it comes to tipping them, they have to throw the money. Well, late 80s is when the loony came out. Now they create this pervert carnival games, as we call them. You know, Sniffers Row. Yeah, Sniffers Row, uh, Perv Row, uh, whatever you want to call the front row. Yeah, it's... (laughs) 
it it is funny like seeing the types of people that will go to front row when you have like a group you know that they're there to party they're there to spend money but when it's like the one guy that's by himself in the club at fucking 6 p.m like you feel bad for him but then at the same time it's like this might be his only like respite of any kind of time to himself too right like you don't know what kind of shitty kids he has at home. Like what, maybe this is the only place he actually feels respected by women too. He's just trying to see some pussy. Maybe he hasn't seen pussy at home for 20 years. Probably, <laughs> probably. And I mean, like, I don't blame him. Like I would come in every day too, if I didn't see it and it was right next to me all the time. But, and like, people are like, aren't you desensitized to like all this stuff by being around it? Nah. I mean, like it doesn't phase me when a girl's changing naked to me, like, when I'm doing my photo shoots with like my photography business, you know, I will have a girl naked right next to me and I won't even care. Like, it's just like, Oh, whatever. Uh, fine. Yeah. And most guys it's, are, it's a professional boundary. And if you did care, then you probably wouldn't get much work. Cause word would get around that you're creepy. <laughs> well, it, it's just like no reaction. Like every other guy with like, they were working with the girls that I working with. Like, I have so many of my friends like, yo, if you ever need an assistant for your shoot, <laughs> call hit me up. I'll do it for free. <laughs> and it's like, no, I, I don't need that that energy there. And it, it is funny because it's like they don't get like the googly eyed wolf with his j slack jaw bleh, all excited about it. It's just, yeah, that's whatever. Like I'd be in a dressing room with eight smoking hot naked chicks doing some probably horrific stuff that most men shouldn't see you know like their maintenance routines and stuff are pretty intensive i mean one of the scariest things i've ever seen in the dancing dancer dressing room was a dancer who would wipe her vagina down off stage they always do that usually with the baby wipes this girl would wipe so vigorously that her baby wipes would look like the bounty quicker picker upper commercials, you know, when they have like the scooping up some wet shit and like the ones all tattered and torn. That's what her baby wipes look like after she was done cleaning herself. See, I'm a big fan of the baby wipes too, but I don't understand. Like your vagina would hurt. Like that would rub you raw. Ashlyn, when I tell you that she was wiping her vagina with the vigor you would use to pull start a chainsaw with a rusted out <laughs> piston, I would not be exaggerating in any <laughs> bit. Now, this is also the same girl who would say, men can never get me off. I don't fuck men anymore because they can't get me off. I'm like, well, no shit. You have a callus the size of an Italian bricklayer's thumb on your clit from wiping it so fucking hard. The only thing that's going to get you off is a chisel. <laughs> it's like when men jerk off 12 times a day to porn and then complain that women like pussy can't get them off anymore. And I'm like, sir, you have death grip syndrome. And like the rug burn that they probably have, like it's probably a callous dick for mm -hmm. sure. You know, they're not moisturizing with any kind of nice like aloe vera lubes or anything. Oh, hell no. Okay. I want to ask you one more thing about the loonies. Do you think it's okay to throw loonies at strippers? Like, do you, or do you think it's disrespectful like because it seems like everywhere else in the world finds it horrifying and have you ever experienced when they would light the loonies and throw them at the strippers oh hot loonies yeah that shit it, like fool i'll tell you what happened to one guy that tried that in one of the clubs i worked in so he was trying he threw a hot loony at the dancer and she felt it and she fucking lost her shit understandably of course, like this is assault. It's, you know, it's, he's, he thinks it's funny, but he doesn't think about it. Like this thing is red hot and it burns her. It can scar her, you know, and they're drunk. So they're not the most accurate of throwers. Like if they're trying to hit, you know, oh, I'll just hit her belly button. <laughs> no, you're probably going to hit her face or something. So she called the bouncers over and basically got him to commit himself to holding his arms out for the bouncers to hold him out. And she took his loony that he threw and heated it up with her own stripper promo lighter and then made him eat it. And did he eat it? Oh, yeah. And what what did the other people in the club do? This was one of those idiots who was in there and 
early people. It's like we always have the most problems at the end of the night. But at the beginning of the day, we always have these like it won't be all the time. But if you're going to have a problem, it's going to be on a Wednesday at six o'clock. And why do you think that is? Because they've been like drinking all day and they've been up since Saturday or like it's just usually drunk degenerates is like doesn't matter what time they come out but whenever they feel it's convenient you know they woke up and they decide i'm gonna be a dick today so when i'm gonna be a dick and how i'm gonna be a dick is still undecided stay tuned right so but it is what it is and most guys now usually are pretty good in the clubs like they're just there to have fun and it's a lot more women now I, I personally love the strippers and yeah, it's just my favorite place. <laughs> like, And girls are actually the ones that we have to tell, like, keep your fucking hands off. Cause they're like, a lot of girls think because I have tits, I can touch your tits. And it's like, well, if I had that mentality, I'd fucking be beat up every fucking week. Like just because you're a girl doesn't make it okay. Like we have to always tell the women don't fucking touch them. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that, like seeing my friends and stuff grab onto some titty or some ass. And do you think women are nowadays coming in with their friends or do they come in like with their boyfriends or husbands, like significant others? We would get a lot of stagettes. Like it was getting to the point where we'd have four bachelorette parties and one stag. So it was like, whoa, what are you guys doing? This is like, no. I actually had one night. The bachelor party came in and the bachelorette party came in. Both didn't know that they were booked on the same night. Like on like, cause it was like, yeah, like it's like, okay, well, we're going to go out and do our bachelorette party. Okay. Well, if you're doing it that night, we're going to do ours the same night. Cause you know, might as well. Both had no idea that they were going to go to the strip club. Like, I'm pretty sure she knew that they would show up there, but he had no fucking idea that they were going to show up there. So it was there. a trap. I don't think it was a trap because the girls came a lot later than the guys were there. And it was like the guys were almost getting ready to leave, but then they were like, oh, okay. So they both got a VIP booth together, which kind of was weird to me. Like, okay, you're supposed to be partying away from each other, but... Eh, whatever. It's not my marriage, so I don't care. Why would I? So how did you start making the transition into doing other things besides managing the strip club? Like you do photography, videography, and then started doing like online work, helping girls with their online work, like OnlyFans, many vids. How did the transition happen? And how? why did you leave the strip club? Well, I went to uh, film school. So I already kind of had that interest of like working with video and stuff. And like photography, I fell into because... I bought myself a nice camera just to take on trips and my other job, you know, have that with me because it does take me on the road. And I was like, yeah, I'll have this nice camera and I'll get some nice decent pictures when I go someplace that's worth taking a photo. And it was like, oh, hey, can you take my pictures? You have a nice camera. And this is like, you know, kind of cell phone cameras weren't the best yet, you know, like iPhone 4, 5 era kind of. Good for the time, but looking back now, it would be pretty shit to have your, all your content on that. So I started just taking pictures for my friends and then it just kind of ballooned from there. Like, okay, yeah, you take my pictures now. I liked what you did. Yeah, you take them. So, you know, and then the club that I managed, we ended up closing. Because of COVID or no, shutting down prior? Prior to COVID. And it was just location, the location we were in. So the location uh, went to shit. And we still have the license. We can open up a new club whenever we want. But the way things are going with the industry and just hospitality industry in general, with the restrictions with COVID and stuff, it's obviously not a good time to open a bar right now. But, you know, I still have the license whenever I want to open another club, if it's going to be a viable option. Or if somebody else wants to open a club and they think it's going to be a viable option, by all means, come buy my license because they're not issuing any new ones. How much does a strip club license go for? And it's so it's hard to get one, like they don't issue anymore. So the max amount of licenses are like out there for the city of Edmonton. Is that? Yeah. Like, so they've capped the amount of exotic venue licenses for Edmonton. If you wanted to open a strip club, you have to get a license from somebody. How much is the license? Well, the license fee is the same fee every year, but it's 
the the fact that you can't can't just go and apply for one at AGLC and say, hey, this is what I'm opening and this is what I want to do. They'll be like, well, we don't have any vacant licenses, so... And why did they cap it? I think it had a lot. This is way before my time. I think it had a lot to do with just trying to stifle the industry so that there wasn't too many people opening strip clubs. Also back then, strip clubs were almost all owned by the bikers. So almost every strip club was involved with either like the Rebels or, you know, the Red and Whites or whoever else. So... I think that that was part of the AGLC trying to stifle that, you know, quote unquote, gang culture in a business. And the restrictions that they put on us as license holders for people coming into the venues were were ridiculous sometimes. Like, it's like, well, you can't let them in because they're a gang member. It's like, well, we don't know that. Well, we're telling you now. I'm like, we probably shouldn't be because that's FOIP. Like it's a violation of FOIP. So it was always a back and forth. Like, you got to let us in to inspect your club. Yeah, sure, come in and inspect it. But when they'd come in and they'd find people that they found undesirable to be in a public setting, you know, they would have to escort them out. We would never stop them from coming in because it's their right to come into the business. They haven't done anything wrong. Like, why would I ban them? They've never fucked anything up in here they've never fought anybody they come and spend money and mind their own fucking business so why would i kick them out but you guys say that i have to so i'll let did i tell you that i got banned from a strip club for a year one time no tell me more okay so i was guilty by association so it wasn't actually my doing but me and my girlfriend went to the strippers one time my girlfriend was a lot more drunk than i was at the time and we went yeah we were in edmonton and she's talking to some guy. And when my friend is drunk, she kind of used to be a hooker, but like not really, like barely. Basically, when she's drunk, she wants anybody to pay her to fuck her. And so she was soliciting the manager who was off duty that night. And he definitely made that clear that he was the manager. And she somehow still thought that she should be soliciting this man. And so she like, I don't know, I guess it didn't work. And then they're like watching us like a hawk. And because she's like talking to other guys and they don't want girls doing that in the clubs, taking away customers from their business and taking them outside, you know. So um, we end up leaving the strip club. We go somewhere else, whatever. And then I'm up in Grand Prairie and then me and my girlfriend were like working there. It was a slow night. So we're like, fuck, yeah, let's go to the strippers. We're right next door. So I go into the strippers in Grand Prairie, give the guy my ID and he's like, you're banned. And I was like, ha, 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 what do you mean? And he's like, no, really, you're banned. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I called called the club in Edmonton and they're like uh yeah like you can't do that like mm. and I was like oh fuck how long am I banned for a whole year I was banned from the strippers and I was banned from all of the strippers in Alberta because it's all the same like company right or ownership or whatever well northern Alberta there is uh one club uh, ownership for majority of clubs they used to have three clubs in Edmonton now they only have one but they also own the clubs in Grand Prairie and Fort McMurray. So, but the bar link system that we are required to have. But I wasn't bar banned. I was just banned from the strippers because I could go to other bars and scan my ID. Yeah, but the bar link system for the uh, strip club, had no matter which one you went to, it would still say you're banned from this club or you're banned from that club. From the strippers. So, yeah, you, it, it literally says, like, which club you got banned from. So <laughs> it's up to, the, like, the other bar's discretion to not allow you in because they can see that info too. But Can they still see it? But I was Probably banned. not anymore. Okay. It shouldn't be on there anymore because it's just basically a red alert flag for when you scan in into the other strip clubs, like, Oh, hey, just to let you know, she, she was banned at Diamonds. <laughs> Don't let her in. Grand Prairie is where she's trying to get in, and, you know, we can't let her in anymore because, so, I mean, a year isn't that bad. I've seen people get lifetime bans for a lot less. Calling a door guy a douche on their way out when it was them being a douche, and then, like, you know, door guy feels a little emasculated by that. <laughs> Banned for life, you know, and it's like, okay, well, that doesn't help us because if he does have money with his friends on a group night, they might turn around because he can't get in. So lifetime bans, like you got to really do something stupid as far as I'm concerned, Uh, like assaulting the staff, assaulting the dancers, 
uh, ripping people off in the club, stuff like that. Absolutely. But yeah, just like regular drunk shit. Like you're paid to deal with drunks. That's like why you get your tips. That's why you get a little higher than most other guys in the industry. Like for door guys being a bouncer, the strip club is like the retirement home almost. So if you were like a nightclub guy and the dance clubs and stuff dealing with idiots day in, day out, every weekend, like you're almost in a fight every Friday and Saturday night. And then you come work the strip club. It's like you might have one scuffle every three months, if that. I met a guy on Tinder or whatever the fuck before I got banned, maybe. Uh, He was a bouncer at a strip club and... So he came over and I was like, man, yeah, you totally do look familiar. It's totally because he was a bouncer from the strip club, but he was just a young guy. And I don't think he had worked anywhere else. Yeah. There's some young guys too, that just, they know somebody. Uh, I know that like a lot of the MMA guys started bouncing because they were all training with a couple of the guys that were already bouncers that, you know, MMA fighters. And I mean, that's kind of a good place to be too. Like I actually preferred the MMA guys over most of the other muscle heads who came in because the MMA guys, like they can take a lot of shit. Like they have so many, so much patience for bullshit. Like it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Whatever. Like, yeah, call me a pussy. I don't care. It's like the second you touch me, you are going to be on the ground crying for your mom. And you know, like some of them, like we had one bouncer, he was a bodybuilder, you know, big jacked yoked up guy. And he would always be like, these skinny MMA guys, you know, only weigh 170 pounds. What are they going to do in a fight? A lot more than your hulking ass will because they're there already in the fight faster than it takes you to get off your stool because you need to move your goddamn fucking shoulders. Like this guy, Halloween, he showed up, just painted in green and was like, I'm the Hulk. And we're like. No, you're a big muscled up dude painted green. Like you look like you look like a fool right now, bro, but it's Halloween, so we'll let it slide. So if you're a skinny MMA guy fighter, uh hit up the strip clubs for a job <laughs> if they ever open again. Well, yeah. Well, they are open. They they're open, but it's so weird cuz they can only serve booze till 10. Everyone has to be out by 11. They, they're open at 7. So how do the dances work? So what are they doing at the strip club? Are they doing stage? Are they doing private dances? What's going on? How's it working with COVID? From what I have been told by uh, my friends who are still in the industry dancing, there is no stage dancing right now because it's physical activity, high intensity. They don't want that. They don't want any moisture talk coming off of people, right? <laughs> Moist talking. Is, is that what Trudeau called it? Yeah, speaking moistly. And uh, there's no dances. It's like you can buy out a girl to hang out with you while you drink. Like some guys would do that pre-COVID, buy out a girl or two, have them sit with them for drinks for half an hour. Then they go for dances for half an hour. And then the girls upsell them a couple more hours after that. But now it's like, okay. And you have so many girls doing this freelancing thing because none of them can go on stage. And then you have your staff and you're on a reduced capacity. So it's, it's, I don't know how they're making money right now. Yeah. Are girls saying that they're making money or like, cause I don't even see the point in like going in then. Like, I don't know. Like some of them are doing it just for something to do. Cause they've been locked up in their house for so long, but then they're making their money on the OnlyFans and their many vids. So it's, okay, well, I just want to get out of the house. I'll just go into work and maybe I'll make some money. If I don't, I'm not going to sweat it. I got to hang out with my friends at least. So there's that whole like aspect of it's people are just going to work for the sake of going to work. But yeah, it's you, you can't have 200 people in the club anymore. So that that spread of making your chances, making money is not there like it used to be. So and there is a surplus of dancers in the city. Yeah, I was going to ask you that too. Do you think more people are trying to become strippers now because of COVID, like turning to sex work? Because I know a lot more people seem to be turning to online sex work. Do you think that's the same? If anything, I've seen more dancers shifting to the escort work. And why do you think they're doing that? Because I know I know people who know strippers. And yeah, like you said before, the the hierarchy, strippers would always talk down to us escorts and be like, I would never suck dick for money. And now they're doing it. Well, or, well, they would do it for free, some of them. (laughs) 
never. Like, but they, that's the thing is like, I don't suck dick for money. It's like, yeah, but you get wasted and go hang out with the first loser that fucking says you look pretty and suck his dick for free. So how's that any better? It's not. Like, at least bank up. Get that 300 an hour, 350 an hour. Yeah. Get your get your shit. And the best part is if you're an escort, you don't have to pay the club out there for, there for share for that hour. Like, it's an hour for dances. It's 450 bucks. But the club will take, like, 14 bucks from every $30. But if you're stripping, they you can't make that known to the club that you're working at. They don't want escorts working as strippers. Is that correct? See. Or they do it anyways. I've heard managers tell girls, you're only allowed to have one license with the city, but that's not true. You can have as many, like you can have a stripper's license. And the, the, the club's managers would be against it for sure. But there's more girls like that are working the clubs now that, have Leo list ads than ever before. And so are they, do this management know that like are, or are these girls doing it secretly? Because I always thought that they didn't want escorts at the clubs working as strippers. I probably think most of the ones that are doing both, like at come in, they were already an escort. Then they come in and being a dancer. Most of them came out from out East, like Montreal and Quebec. So that's, a different structure over there too, completely in the clubs. So I think that because they don't get to do that in the clubs here, that they're making up for it. And like, well, I can make all this extra income during the day because I don't want to deal with the client after midnight because I'm just going to get some coked up drunk idiot. And who knows how that could end could end him passing out on the couch or him trying to beat the fuck out of me. So I don't blame girls for not wanting to deal with clients after 11 PM for sure, especially on a Friday, Saturday, but a lot of girls are doing it. I mean, I know there's so many managers that'd be like, Oh, we don't want escorts working and we only want dancers, but they'll go and fucking see an escort. <laughs> you know so much hypocrisy in this business always like, I it's yeah and I'm just so open-minded to everything I'm like hey I don't care like you're doing you you're making your money you're not hurting anybody else who gives a shit do you so what if someone was working as a dancer and they were trying to like meet guys at the club to then see later on as clients while they were escorting because I think that's what I heard was the issue they were taking customers away from the club some girls would but there was dancers who weren't quote unquote escorts who would like be bought out for a few hours. And then like, I'd see them giving like the customer their number. Oh yeah. I'm just trying to get him set up as a regular so he can text. I can text him whenever and it's like, no, like, and then they get their walkout, they rush to their car. And the first thing I see them doing is saying, okay, meet me here, you know? And yeah, like whether they fuck them or not, I don't give a shit, you know, but it's like, if they're making their own money, off their own hours cool but it's like when you're using the club to meet the clients that's like what a lot of people do have the issue with but at the same sense if she got a four-hour buyout from him in the club in the time that he was there like i can't be greedy mm-hmm. i can't be oh no no you gotta make him stay after hours <laughs> oh, it's, i want to go home too okay cool i i get it yeah that's definitely not what i've heard <laughs> it yeah it, there's a lot of hypocrisy for sure there's a lot of people who will just you know, spout off about one thing and then do as I say, not as I do. And yeah, it's fucking bullshit. It's all, it's sex work. Who gives a shit? Everybody's a fucking human at the same thing. It's, we're all selling different products in different ways. Speaking of selling different products in different ways, let's talk about your experience as a male escort, Edmonton's finest male escort. And Ed and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, I thought he was gay for pay. He is not. He is uh, just straight. So I guess I want to know, what. why did you decide to become a male escort? You got a license through the city. Tell us about your experience doing that, your clients. Okay, so getting the license with the city was... It was an eye-opening experience, actually. I was surprised to see how many resources are available to sex workers in the city. And he was made aware of the resources because when you get an escorting license or body rub license through the city of Edmonton, you need to go take a three-hour information course where they talk about those resources, correct? Yeah. So that's that's how he know, knows that. Yeah, so it was actually longer than three hours. Yeah, because like we were there at like 
10 and then we we got out of there at like three because they they've changed some things because they bring in like some of the social workers and the community like people like foundations that you can go to if you have to get counseling because you had a bad date or something and uh also some of the other services like oh if you need to get your taxes done this is how we can help you with this and this with accounting services yeah yeah so it was really eye-opening being the only male in the class other than one of the speakers that came in from one of the foundations was kind of funny seeing the other ladies reactions i did know someone there yeah a stripper who was transitioning to an escort so that was like funny because then it was like oh it's our dirty little secret right because like she was like oh i don't want like anyone in the club to know i'm going to be doing this during the day and i was like i don't care like that's you do you like who cares like you got a kid to feed who am i to judge if you want to go and work at the rub and tug for three days a week in the afternoons Get your money, pick them up from daycare, come back home, play with them, hang out, put them to bed and go to the club. That's all you and good for you because you're most of the girls I know that have kids that work in the sex industry get to spend more time with their kids than anybody I know with a high paying nine to five. A lot of flexibility for sure. And it's, you know, they can spoil the shit out of their kids doing whatever they want to do. And, you know, most of them are in a single parent single income like family as well so they do need that time and they need that short time of work to make a bigger amount of money and fuck go for it ladies that's all i say like but seeing how the class structure worked and then like holy shit like because then hearing all the contradictions i've heard from being in the strip club industry for so long was hilarious to me because i'm like oh so the other club management and you got the agency all telling the girls all this shit because they don't want them to know about it. And that was the other thing too, was once the city license workers found out that I was in the strip club industry for as long as I was, they're like, Oh, like, I thought we saw your name, recognized your name because we've done inspections with you. How many times? I'm like, yeah, I know. Like one of the social workers from the city, she would come in with AGLC into the club and check all the girls dancer licenses so it was funny she was like we've been hearing a lot of stuff about this and that and i'm like well you need to talk to the girls then so but it was funny i, I did tell them like yeah a lot of the stuff i learned today that contradicts everything that i've ever been told throughout the whole industry so like just like oh that the one license like that one thing that they would tell the girls like, oh, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. And it's like, well, no, if you want to, you can and you should. No one should be able to stop you from that. So and if they do want to like blacklist you and not give you work because you kept them separate. Well, then they're going to have like a whole lawsuit on their hands because that's a whole discrimination case. Right. So that's, you know, a whole can of worms that I would never want to open. And I'm glad that I did learn the things when I did so that if I do open a club again, it'll be like, yeah, do what you want. I don't care. But when you're here between these hours, you're here to work for us. You're here to make your money for us. I don't care what you do after that. I don't care what you do before that. And that's the way it really needs to be more and more. Like it's just too much of the patriarchy. I don't want women making money. Abolish the patriarchy. That's what we'd like to do here. <laughs> well, even because I know there's a studio in Edmonton and the owner there, he's like fucking horrifying, like disgusting. He does not even let the girls work outside of the studio. And if he sees an ad, they'll get fired and this and that. Like, it's fucking crazy. It's just such bullshit telling like these women what they can and can't do on their mm -hmm. own time. Yeah. Like it infuriates me to no end. Like, do you tell them when to eat and when to shit as well? Because I'm sure you would if you could. Yeah, they actually were doing weight loss competitions at the studio where this man who owns the studio, I won't say which one, you can all ponder that. And they would, all the girls would like step on the scale in front of the fucking manager and this and that. And they'd like win a prize, whoever lost the most weight. Like, how fucked up is that? It's fucked. And like, I've, you know, worked with people who were like, she's too fat. She's too blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm one of these guys who like, I don't have a preference. Like, I don't need a skinny blonde or, you know, a fucking tall brunette. Like, 
I like them all. He'll take what he can get is what he's saying. It's not what I'll take what I can get. It's like I if I see a beautiful woman, I fucking will be like, yeah, she's fucking hot. Like she might not be your fucking standard of hot, but she's definitely for a lot more than just you. So your opinion doesn't fucking really matter because she's not making money off you. She's making money off everybody else. So I guess on that note, so when you were a male escort, were you, did you find your lady clients hot? Because you only saw women, which I think is interesting. They ranged in age from 33 to 57, all housewives whose husbands work out of town a lot. So did their husbands know? One of them did. One of them was the one who would, like, leave the money for me to come by. It was awesome. He was basically paying for, like, the dates. I was like, okay, I'm not going to complain. I mean, it was, uh, it, I was doing it, like, just to get my toes wet, see what would happen. The fact that I got my first call, like, after I put up my ad on Leo's list, like, I had my ad up for five days, continuously recycling it up, reposting it. And then I got a call and I thought it was a prank call at first. And I said, send me a deposit, a hundred bucks. Well, they sent me the deposit and the address. So I was like, okay, I guess I got a date now. So what was your first experience like as an, as a male escort? Well, I dressed up real nice for her and uh, showed up. I of course had to let one of my friends who knew what I was doing know, because I was like, I don't know if it's going to be somebody who couldn't kick the shit out of me because they thought I banged their wife or what, which would have been ironic on my first like call. It's like, you fucked my wife. I haven't <laughs> fucked anyone yet. It was nervous at first, but I was like, well, if anything, she's probably more nervous than me because it's like she's getting this guy off the internet to come to her house. Was it her first time with a male escort? No. She had ordered male escorts in Vegas. Whenever she goes to Vegas for her work trips, she always would get male escorts there. So I was like, okay, so the standards are kind of high here now. So she knows what she's doing. I mean, I've seen my fair share of uh, my escort friends and stuff. So I knew what I would kind of be expecting from a lady. So I was just like, all right, like I better flip it and just... Ask her what she wants. And I think that that was probably the best tactic is just with any lady when you're getting in the bedroom, just ask what they want because they know what they fucking want when they get to a certain age. They know what they like and they're not shy to tell you about what they like. So that's all I really did was just roll. What did, what do you want? Okay, cool. And how long did you spend with this lady? Was it like an hour, several hours? She booked an hour, but she got an hour and a half. So she got a half an hour free social time for me, but because <laughs> you're such a chatterbox. <laughs> no, I was letting her do a lot of the talking. Oh. That like, just like tell me more. Okay, oh, kids and fucking husband, all the oh that sucks. Oh, here, let me rub your shoulders. Tell me more. Oh. So do you think because you have now been on the other side because you've seen escorts before? You like you pay for sex, no big deal, right? Yeah, everyone's paying for sex in one way or another. Uh, just sex for money usually costs less. <laughs> In the long run, it, it is cheaper. Like, that's <laughs> so true. <laughs> like, you think about it. You fucking fill up your car with gas, it's 70 bucks, pick her up, fucking drive across town usually, because every girl lives on the fucking edge of the city now, it seems, or in the Southwest. You know, uh, so you got to cross fucking Ellerslie. You know, so that, that that's time as well. Like, it's how much time do you take? What do you get paid per hour in your job? So if you're not working that day, it's a day off. Cool. Like, but if you took time off early from work to go out on a date, you're already losing money there. You're not going to take her to fucking Burger King if you want to get some pussy, unless that's what <laughs> she wants. So that's why you got to ask, what do you want? And if they say, I don't know, you fucking just throw whatever you can and make them think it's their idea. <laughs> it's like, you like Cactus Club, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, I guess. It's like, yeah, you like it. So we're going. Okay, cool. <laughs> All the like, bitches love Cactus Club. Which is fucking lame. It's it like is, It is. It's so lame. Hookers, like, hookers especially love Cactus Club. All the hookers. That's, they fucking can't get enough of fucking Cactus Club. Everybody's always at Cactus Club. The, the drug dealers... 
the fucking Oilers, the Eskimos, like, oh no, we can't call them that anymore. The Edmonton football team. They're always there. Every working girl that I know in any shape, way, or form, whether they're an escort, cam girl, stripper, all love cactus. So, but it's such an unoriginal first date. Oh, we're talking about first date. Okay, fair yeah, enough. And like, you're going to spend like, what, 120 bucks at least? If you're drinking, it's going to be at least that. So, and then if she doesn't even want to fuck because, oh, my stomach doesn't feel good because when I eat. Well, you shouldn't have ordered the fucking mussels. And then now you've just wasted all these hours. You put the kilometers on your car. That's depreciating by the second. You know, it's costing you a lot of money. And it'll cost you 300 bucks just to even get a hard on sometimes. And that, that doesn't even guarantee she's going to suck your dick. Maybe she's one of those girls that's like, oh, I don't like the taste of dick in my mouth. Like, at least if you're getting an escort, you best believe she'll put your dick in her mouth. Hopefully. Yeah. It's not rocket and- appliances. And, you know, they're doing it with like a condom on, which don't usually taste the best either. But you know what? You don't hear any complaints out of them because, well, you got paid. So Mm -hmm. everyone's happy. Everyone's happy at that point. I mean, I'm never sad when I have my dick in someone's mouth. Who would be? So I guess my question is now that you've experienced you being an escort and seeing escorts, do you have more respect for what female escorts do? Did it change your opinion somehow when you actually got into the industry yourself and saw your own clients? No, because I pretty much like had like a high respect for women that worked in the industry. Like because like I had an inkling of just seeing what regular girls go through on the daily in their DMs. Even like the social media accounts that I run for girls, like running their OnlyFans and running like their Twitters, which is hilarious how many dick pics I get. You've seen uh, a lot of cock. I've seen a lot more dick than a straight dude should <laughs> that isn't a urologist. But hey, I mean like Sometimes when like I am running the OnlyFans pages for some of these girls, if they're like, I'm really busy the next couple of days, I'm going out to the mountains, can you like run my page? And it's like, yeah, and then it, there's dick ratings coming in. Oh, so you do the dick ratings. Can you give me an example of something that you would send to somebody for a dick rating? I would love to hear it because I think you'd be really good at that. <laughs> Should I pull one up? Yeah. Did you see the thing on Twitter where this girl was getting some guy again to like, or she was getting her boyfriend to do her dick ratings for her and it was like a poem. Did you see that? It was beautiful. No, but that's probably like what mine are like too. I'm not going to say which account this was from because I don't want... Yeah, I've, I've done dick ratings for the girls. Like... As long as it's not a video or a fucking uh, voice message one, I can do it back pretty quick. You know, and I'll be like, very girthy. Like, you know, like, I like, just give like, most guys are fucking Neanderthals anyways. So you just need like three word sentences. Like, I like very much. Like, ooh, want to suck. They'll be like, oh, yeah, cool, good. Uh. You don't need to get poetic, but it does help. I, yeah, I've been inspired to make my dick ratings a little bit more poetic. So, yeah, I'm really hoping that we could find one here to pull up. So, but okay. He's also like a legit porn star. So, he doesn't just do OnlyFans, he's done porn too. So, do you want to tell me about that? Okay. So, I fell into porn by your dick just fell in. Literally, I fell into doing porn by doing content with girls, like by helping them make their stuff. And then it was like, oh my God, like, this guy really wants a blowjob video and I don't have a dick to fuck. And I'd be like, how convenient. I have one right here. Look, lighting, camera, here we go. And that's basically it. That was literally, I was the guy who was there and they felt comfortable enough to suck my dick on camera. And then it was like, well, I might as well keep going. So so have you shot with like porn companies or is this just for girls on their OnlyFans? Well, I did a porn for a company a long time ago. Was it blacked? No, it wasn't <laughs> blacked. There was a local company years ago in the Edmonton area called Real Productions and they hired strictly amateur talents. And my friend Danny Vegas actually had a show on Playboy TV based on his role within the company. Like they had him as a porn director. He was, you know, a 20 something year old porn director. And uh, I did a video with them. So never saw it, never got, it never got released. I don't think. And it was probably, it wasn't like an issue because of me or my performance. I think it had to do with the girl that we 
had the video with, uh, probably not signing the release forms beyond Playboy TV. What kind of porno was it? Just like straight up boy girl? Yeah, just like a straight up boy girl video. And then, because I know you do a lot of content for OnlyFans with girls, I asked you earlier before we started about uh, taking boner pills. So you took a boner pill one time, right? Tell us. I want to know about it. Tell me again. Yeah, I, I have a blessing and a curse of being able to stay hard and not come for a long time. Even if I like haven't jerked off for four days, it's like incredible stamina, I guess. So I've never had a problem with getting hard ever, but I thought it would be fun to take a boner pill one time. And uh, it was fun at first until you like you fucking have like a huge blast of like Spider-Man rope jizz and you're spent, but you're still fucking hard as fuck. Like I could cut glass with this fucking spent prick. And when you're t- come, you fucking get super sensitive, right? Like, like I'm sure you've seen like, oh, don't touch it. Don't touch yeah, it. Don't I look don't, at it. Uh. But when you're rock hard and like, you're still fucking want to get harder at that point. Cause like I could feel like the blood rushing to my through my veins and my penis at that point it was so sensitive too and it's just like ah <laughs> three minutes later i was fucking again so it didn't really matter after that but that 25 seconds of discomfort and pleasure is a very confusing feeling so would you take more boner pills in the future yeah i'd do it again <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> i'd do it again why not? I might even make a video about that. Like, hey, let's see how long I can fuck for sure. Like, and then just make one long uncut porn video for my OnlyFans and see how long we can take it. Fuck yeah. That's an amazing idea. Speaking of OnlyFans, I think we've spoken for a long ass time now. So how about you plug yourself? Where can my people find you? OnlyFans.com slash Ed York, E-D-Y-O-R-K. And you can find me on Twitter at Ed York triple X. Well, it's Edmund York. Yeah. But I, it's just, everyone just calls me Ed and I just want with the, uh, yeah, big Ed. It sucks that that guy came out after (laughs) I fucking branded myself as this, but, um, but yeah, no no kidding. Like, Oh, you're my favorite view. Yeah. Fuck big Ed. Hey, Jesus. I love that guy. I hadn't had sex for free in nine months and then I did sleep with somebody. So everyone can clap now. Thank you. And we fucked. Yes. Thank you. You scared my cat and a 90 day fiance was on in the background and it was very arousing to me. (laughs) On that note, thank you, Ed, for joining me here. This was very fun. Do you have anything else to say? No, it was a pleasure. It was always nice to see you, Ashlyn. And I, Hope you love wearing your Walmart vest that I scrounged up for you by working a job at Walmart just for you. Literally have nothing better to do with my time than to go and get a part-time job at Walmart and get a vest and tent hooker name tag for Ashland. So it was uh, definitely my pleasure. Ladies, this is the kind of energy we need in 2021, okay? If he's not getting a part-time job at Walmart to fulfill your wildest dreams and fantasies, he ain't it. Thank you for listening to another episode of No Life Skills. Follow Ashlyn on social media at No Life Skill or at Adore Ashlyn. Be sure to like, comment, and hit that subscribe button. We'll see you on the next show.